Hey hustlers, welcome to the Hustle Show audio experience. Real, no filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs where we go over the harsh truth nobody told you about being an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Christian Ariola. Hey hustlers, welcome to episode number 46 of the Hustle Show. My name is Christian Ariola. I'm going to be your host today. Thank you so very much for tuning in on today's episode. It's going to be epic. It's going to be another amazing story. But before we do, I want to make sure that you hit the subscribe button right now. Whether you're watching this in our YouTube channel or you are listening in our podcast audio experience, make sure you hit that subscribe button right now. Um, and, and you stay up to date with all the top motivational content that we are continually providing and we're continually creating just for you to give you the motivation, to give you the insights of what the, the life of a real hustler and a real entrepreneur looks like. So today is no different. We have the story of Tom Sylvester. Tom is a husband, father, serial entrepreneur and business strategist. After college, Tom set a goal to achieve financial freedom by 35, which I'm super excited to talk about. He started by building a real estate investment company, followed by opening a wine and liquor store. And nowadays, he just spends the majority of his time helping other entrepreneurs start, scale their businesses, and enable them to achieve financial freedom as well. So welcome to the show, Tom. Great, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and and quite the quite the intro there, man. I mean, so many questions come to mind. Um, you know, the 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 reality. I mean, you you set a goal, you went backwards, you did reverse reverse engineer. You said by thirty five, gotta make it, or otherwise. I mean, I'm I'm basically you know that's not that's not Plan B. So let's talk a little bit about your story. How did you even become an entrepreneur to begin with? What's that story like? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think when you talk to most entrepreneurs and you ask that question, um, we can always trace it back to like early in life. So, you know, my first hustle was like four years old. I realized that I could buy like bulk candy at the store and then like bring it home and sell it to like all of our house guests, like one by one and make a profit on it. <laughs> and, you know, so, so my path kind of goes like that. Like if you look back in high school, I was like um, buying paintball in bulk and then like splitting it up for all my friends when we were playing paintball and I would buy in bulk and they would buy individual packages. And then, you know, we fast forward, like in college, I was buying like used books at a thrift store and then selling them on Amazon. So, you know, I always kind of had these side hustles just basically as an extra way to make money. And then, um, as you said, as I was graduating college, I was like, holy crap. Like I went to school for software development and I was like, uh, I don't want to spend 45 years like in a cube working for someone else. So basically I set that goal. I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I knew if I put that thing out there that I would be always be looking for the opportunities to, of how could I do it? And what's the next thing I could do to get there. That's amazing. And, and I relate a little bit with the story. Uh, you know, just a quick rundown. Uh, when I was little, I think it was eight years old, I would go downtown, buy bulk ice sticks, and I would sell them at the store like 10 times it, it, the value. And, and I was eight years old, so I can relate to that candy story as well. So you, you set the goal. Um, did you ever graduate college? Yeah. 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 So um, basically, this was as I was graduating. And um, so I'd actually met my wife the very first day of college. So we were both getting ready to graduate. And um, that was when, you know, a friend had asked me, they said something about like what we were doing next. And that question kind of scared me. I was like, you know, well, college has been great. Like we had four years, we had all this fun. 
And now we got to like, you know, get into real life. And um, he had actually given me a book called The Automatic Millionaire. And it was uh, like, I hated reading at this point. And he's like, no, trust me, read it, you'll like it. And the book basically was talking about a whole bunch of stuff. But essentially, if you save money consistently starting at a young age and use power of compound interest, by the time you're 65, you can have like a million dollars. And when I first read that, I was like, wow, that's awesome. And then right away, I was like, yeah, but I got to wait 45 years for that. That's a long time. And so it was really like at that point that I was like, okay, I've got to do something different because I want that result. And I know it's going to take some time, but 45 years is, you know, in my book too long. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we're, we're in an era where 13 seconds is like, it feels too long. I can't imagine 45 years. So yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, and there's so much opportunity nowadays. I mean, you know, there's always opportunity around. A lot of us just don't see it. But I mean, like with the internet and with the connection and with Facebook and with everything else, like it is easier than ever to connect with the right people and to find the information and really get everything you need to be successful. So what happens after you graduate? How did you get involved into real estate? Yeah, so basically um, I set the goal. And like I said, I had no idea how I was going to do it. So I started looking around and just looked at, okay, other people that were successful, what were they doing? And the first thing I saw was the stock market, right? Like all these people invest in the stock market and they make all this money. And so I tried my hand at that. And then I realized it was two problems. One, uh, you need money to make money in the stock market. And I was uh, just out of college, broke, you know, college kid. And then two, uh, even though I read a bunch of books and tried everything I could, it was difficult to figure out the stock market. It's very complicated, a lot of stuff to learn. And I just realized those two combinations weren't going to make it work. Um, so then I looked at um, MLM businesses, like that wasn't right for me. Then I looked at real estate and my original plan was, okay, my wife and I are renting an apartment. Um, I saw this strategy where you could actually buy a duplex. You live in one half, you rent out the other half, and basically the rent pays for your mortgage. So you live rent free. And I was like, well, that sounds like a great way to start. Um, so I took that idea to my wife and like every idea before that, she's like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I got very disheartened. I was like, okay, every time I try to come up with something, she's like, no, we're not going to do it. And so long story short, I ended up um, going to this free real estate training session that then upsold you to a $500 three-day training session that then upsold you to like 10 to 20 to $30,000 courses. And I wasn't going to buy like the high end course. And then uh, my cousin and I were actually at this event and I just kept hearing this voice in the back of my head, which was like, if you don't do this, you know, you're never going to make that goal come true. And so uh, against my better judgment, uh, my cousin and I spent $15,000 on these like advanced <laughs> real estate trainings. Um, I ended up putting it on two credit cards because we didn't even have one credit card that had that much available. And um, I did all this without telling my wife about nine months before we we're going to get married. Wow. <laughs> what happened next? Yeah. What, what happens when, when she finds out? Yeah, not good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's a textbook example of what not to do. Right. Yeah. But uh, the, the good out of that, because there's, there's always good in everything that happens, even all the failures you go through. Um, the good thing about that was it really forced us to sit down and talk about, you know, we're about to get married what do we want out of our lives? You know, what do we want in the future? And then what are we going to do to get there? And the big kind of aha moment that came for me was I kept telling her all the things I wanted to do, like start a business, invest in real estate. But what I wasn't telling her was why I wanted to do it. 
And once I started talking about, you know, building this better life for our family, um, really being financially free and not having to depend on other people, and then ultimately being able to help other people do the same thing we've done. Once we got there, she was like, okay, now I get it. Now let's talk about how we can make it happen. Right. So at that point, we basically said, well, we spent all this money. I can either go back to my job and just do that, or we can start trying this real estate investing thing. So uh, luckily we did this, the latter and uh, we bought our first duplex about two months after that and then just kept buying properties. That's awesome. So you ended up starting with that duplex. We started with a duplex. Um, it wasn't ours. We ended up, we bought a single family house because that's what she wanted. Uh, but we ended up buying a duplex and renting that out. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That's pretty, that's pretty nice. So for how many years did you do this real estate thing before moving on to a next one, next business? Yep. So actually, uh, we started a consulting business a couple of years after that, that ended up kind of falling by the wayside. Um, a lot of good lessons from there. And then the next business that we still have, uh, ended up, you know, about four to five years later. Um, basically I was looking for like real estate's a really good investment. Um, but I wanted to diversify and not have everything in, in one basket. Um, so we started looking around and basically figured out that we could open a wine and liquor store. We found um, some in other towns that were doing well. And then we basically said, okay, well, let's find another town that doesn't have a liquor store or that is underserved. And we ended up finding one. We bought um, a fourplex in that town with two commercial properties and then two residential. And then we ended up opening the wine and liquor store right in there. Nice. Awesome. So, I mean, yep. it's, it's still related to real estate then, right? Yeah. Well, so basically a lot of people look at us and they're like, you guys have all these random businesses. Like, how are they all connected? Um, so it's a separate business, but it actually rents from our real estate business. Um, and so that's part of how it's connected. That's awesome. That's a great, great strategy, by the way. So when you were, when you were starting, you know, beside charging all those, all that amount on the credit card, not telling their wife about it, <laughs> You know, how was your mindset back then? Did you doubt yourself? Did you doubt that you could actually become financial free by 35? So it was funny, um, you know, and I think we all go through different phases in life. And, you know, as we get older and mature, we kind of, you know, go through different things. So at that point, I was young and I would say naive. And like when we went to buy the first property, like we actually went to a bunch of banks and they kept telling us no. Um, they said, you know, you guys are too young. You don't know what you're doing. Or you found this house that's so cheap. That's like a car loan territory, not a mortgage territory. So we're not going to, you know, give this to you. And, you know, call it uh, ignorance, call it naivety, whatever it is. Um, I just kept going for it because I'm like, I know I can do this. I can know I can make it work. Um, so at that point, I just, I knew it was going to work. But later on, as we got into, you know, different things, as we got into liquor store, and then especially as I got into actually working with entrepreneurs and with business leaders, um, that was actually when a little bit of the, oh, no, I don't know if I'm good enough. Some of that imposter syndrome came in. And, um, you know, basically, I was working a corporate job for years. And then we had started the real estate business. We had started the wine and liquor store. And then my goal to leave my job was to shift from a nine to five into consulting. So I ended up working with business leaders, helping them with business strategy, helping them with leadership development. And it was really at that point that I got that big imposter syndrome. I'm like, some of these people have kids that are older than I am. Like, who am I to really help them with business and help them with leadership? Um, 
But, you know, I, one of the big things that I really learned throughout that point was, you know, it's not about me. It's really about the people that I'm working with. And as long as I'm honest with them and I do everything I can to help, you know, things are going to be okay and they're going to respect me. And uh, that was a big shift because basically what I did was I didn't let my fear hold me back. And as a result, we actually ended up, you know, getting a lot better results and the clients all ended up a lot happier because they're like, wow, nobody's asked that question or, you know, nobody's given me that direct feedback. Everyone kind of shies away from it. So they actually really respected the fact that, you know, I was asking the questions and really trying as hard as I could to make them successful. That's awesome, man. Kudos to you for, for, you know, it's, it's like the, you know, the story of the little guy versus the big guy. I mean, you know, it's always it's always interesting to see the the behind the scenes when that situation comes because it's very easy to our minds to go sideways and start thinking about it's it's so much easier. You know, I can't do this. Why would they respect me if I'm you know younger or I don't have less experience than them? How were you able to actually overcome it? Yeah, you know, a, a big part of that, and this is what a lot of people don't see, is that I had a lot of support and guidance around me at that time. So you know, like I've always had mentors. Um, you know, almost always had coaches. And, you know, when you run into those things, you often can't get out of your own head and you can't get out of your own perspective. Um, so oftentimes it was having a conversation with a mentor who, you know, would just ask me, you know, like, well, you know, you, you've been to college, you, you went back to grad school, um, you have multiple businesses yourself, what makes you not qualified for this? And sometimes it's just hearing somebody else that you respect ask you those questions that really gets you thinking and then let you some of those things. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's just realizing that you're not you're not always going to be right. You're not always going to have the right answer. But what I've found is that if you're honest with people, if you let them know when you can help them and when you can't, and if you do everything you can to help them get the best results, you're going to be able to screw up and they're going to look past that. And actually, they're going to appreciate that because you're human. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and definitely, you know, this is this is a topic that we talk about in many episodes because it always comes through the importance of having a mentor and that guidance. And I know you had it through the journey, but but did you ever went through that moment where you actually felt like you you rather quit and just go get a job and that things were so rough? Did you have one of those moments? Yeah. And so really it came um you know, after we had our second child. So um, basically when we had our first daughter, she, um, my, we basically, my wife had gone to school for zoology and she ended up not being able to find a job um, doing what she wanted. So she bounced around between all these part-time jobs. And when we had our daughter, we basically said, well, look, we've got this real estate business. We got this wine and liquor store. You could actually help me run some of these. And then you could quit your job and be able to stay home with our daughter. So she did that. And then um, a couple of years later, when our son was born, um, she was still at home. I was still actually working my nine to five job. I was doing consulting at that point and I was traveling a couple days a week. So she had all this responsibility of the two kids, of uh, helping to run the businesses. And then I was gone for a couple of days. And so basically that was a lot of pressure on her and she got overwhelmed. So we had, once again, we had a lot of conversations and it was at one point where I basically said, you know, do we need to just stop, sell the businesses, kind of take it easy for a couple of years and then we'll come back and do this later. And once again, it really came down to, well, what do we want our lives to look like? If we go that route, how are we going to get there versus if we kind of stay the course and make some tweaks? So at that point, I was ready to just sell everything off and be kind of stable for a couple of years. And we talked through it and she's like, no, you know, this is the right thing. Um, 
if we make these couple of tweaks, we'll probably be able to get through it. And that was the case. That's awesome, man. And it's it's important to always have that partner that's on your side for sure. That is, you know, is helping you and is pushing you versus dragging you, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, the biggest thing is, and we find this all the time, typically one spouse or one partner is that entrepreneur, you know, they're the risk taker, they're the visionary, and usually they have more ideas than they can ever actually implement. And then you typically have the other one that's a little more reserved there. Um, my wife calls herself the reality checker. And it's basically like, okay, Tom, you can have all your ideas. And then I'm going to kind of pull it back to reality and say, okay, what are we actually going to do? And what's going to get us to our goals? And so, you know, it's been frustrating at times because whenever I would try to say something, she would like go into 20 questions of like why it's not going to work or how it's going to happen. And I'm like, I don't know, but like, this is where we got to go and we'll figure it out. And so for a while, that was really frustrating to me. And then uh, we ended up taking some different personality tests. And what we found out was that we're complete opposites. And that's frustrating at times, but it's also a blessing in disguise. Because where the entrepreneur often is going to miss some of the small details and get into trouble, that reality check or that person that's a lot more detail-oriented is actually going to be a really good pair because they're going to be able to help fill a lot of those gaps. Awesome. And at, at, until what time or what point in your in your entrepreneurship career did you actually left your your day job? Yeah, so it was about was it 10, 10 or 11 years in. Wow. Yep. So so talk and, about overnight success, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, there's people that see us now and that's what a lot of people think. They're like, "Oh, oh well, so you guys just figured out and you made all this stuff work." And it's like, "Well, no, you didn't see, you know, the, the 2 a.m. wake ups to work on a business plan for the liquor store. You didn't see um, driving out and tearing drywall out of our properties when we bought the first duplex. You know, you didn't see um, just all these mistakes we made along the way. And I think that's why a lot of people like especially now, like with the Internet, with social media, it's so easy to watch somebody and just say, oh, well, they came out of nowhere. They were this overnight success. But the reality is like you don't see 90% of what they went through. And that uh, gets a lot of people to set these false expectations that like six months from now, I should be able to create a six figure business. Right. So, I mean, it's not to say that that can't happen, but um, there's a lot of different pieces that are involved in actually making something like that work. Wow. Yeah. And I agree a hundred percent. That's one of the reasons, as I told you a little bit earlier before we started recording is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show because I want to bust that myth and and for people that have that little that, okay, well, I'm going to start my product. I'm going to launch it tomorrow and I'm going to have a six figure launch. <laughs> it's like, you know, unless you're like already famous, it's probably not going to happen. And I'm not just being negative. It's just being realistic. You know, you don't know the 90% that happened before. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, so that what you just mentioned there is one of the biggest um, reasons that most people fail is they get an idea and then they go and build the product that spend a lot of time and money and they haven't actually validated that their business idea is a good idea. And so, I mean, like with that, one of the biggest challenges most people have is that they build a product that nobody wants or they don't know who their customer is or how to get in front of them. So a big thing that we take people through is really idea validation. And it starts with, okay, who are your target customers? What problems do they have? And actually confirm that, you know, because oftentimes our assumptions about what they need is actually very different than the reality. 
And then once you confirm that, then you want to figure out, okay, well, what solution can I offer that's different than what's already out there? And then how do I kind of make the whole business model work? So how much is it going to cost me to build this? Um, how much am I going to charge that people are willing to pay for? How am I going to find those customers? And then how do I pull it all together? And those are the things that people often miss. They just want to get out there and launch the product. But without doing the rest of the stuff, you're going to waste a lot of time and energy doing that. That makes sense for sure. I mean, it's something that I've, I've, I personally learned the hard way as well, where you, you know, you go develop the entire website, you have everything ready, you open the door and then just, you know, there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we've, we've had to learn it uh, the hard way. Actually, when my wife was pregnant with our second, um, with our second child, uh, we went through and made this course called, and no one's ever heard of this because we sold like one copy, I think, to like my friend who <laughs> felt bad for me but it was called 30 days to launch. And it was about how to launch a business in 30 days. And we recorded all these videos. We made all these worksheets. We did all this stuff. And then, I mean, we, I, like I said, I think we sold one copy and it was a complete bust. Um, but what we learned from that, we went back and kind of figured out our mistakes. And then when we launch products in the future, now we do it the opposite way, which actually makes a lot more sense and makes a lot more money. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I want to keep digging a little bit more on your story and, and comparing it a little bit. Like, what is a, a Monday look for you now? What and what did it look like back in the day when you were hustling and were you grinding? Yeah. So um, back in the day, like, so let's take when we opened our wine and liquor store. So I worked um, a nine to five job. Uh, my wife was pregnant and getting ready to have our daughter. And uh, basically to open this liquor store, I had to submit a business plan. I had to apply um, for a permit with the state and it took like a year to do. So I was getting up at like two o'clock in the morning, working on my business from like two to five. And then I was going to grad school. So I was doing my homework from like five to seven. I'd go to work and then I would go to grad school afterwards. I'd get home maybe at like nine o'clock. So, I mean, it was like long days. Um, but once we opened that store, we ended up like I knew I didn't want to continue working long days. So we put processes in place. We hired a staff. And then um, even with our real estate business, like I'd work all week. And then on the weekends, I was driving out to our property and doing like physical labor to renovate these properties. So a lot of hard work went into that. Whereas like these days, those first two businesses, we basically have a staff that takes care of a lot of stuff. We have processes set up and things are systematized. So like our Mondays or our, our weeks now, um, I get up in the morning, I work out, I uh, spend time with my kids in the morning, you know, play with them, get them on the bus. And then uh, my wife and I will kind of meet, sync up on what we need to do. Uh, most of my days are actually spent coaching other entrepreneurs. So I'll get on coaching calls just like this. And um, I'll tell you, I get so pumped up by being able to kind of help other entrepreneurs go through and avoid some of the issues we had. And then, um, you know, we just really build our, our days now around what we want to do as compared to really having to build what we want to do around our job. So like, for example, my wife and I are taking tomorrow off and we're going to go, go catch a movie, go grab lunch while the kids are at school. And um, guess what? Nobody's in the movie theater on a Tuesday because everybody's at work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've seen that too. Like you go and there's the entire, the entire theater for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we'll go out to lunch on like a Tuesday and um, everybody in the restaurant has like white hair and we like stand out like sore thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, man. So, you know, looking, looking at the entire journey that you went through the, you know, the 10, 15 years, all the, all the hustle, the grinding, everything, you know, sweat, uh, blood, tears, everything I put in. What do you think is the one thing with the one secret 
that made the success that you were able to achieve? Yeah, it goes back to one of my favorite quotes, which is keep moving forward. And throughout this journey, you're going to have ups and downs. I mean, there was um, our first year in business for the wine and liquor store. We had one of our employees actually sell to somebody that was under 21. And we ended up getting like a $4,000 fine. And first year in business, we put all this money in, we put all this work in. And you got to sell a lot of bottles of liquor to make up for a $4,000 fine. So like that was a huge blow. And then like a couple months later, we got fined for illegal gambling because we ran a marketing promotion at Christmas and we didn't put the words no purchase necessary at the bottom of it. So it's just like, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be things that happen. And the most important thing is to just, you know, get up, get past that and keep moving forward because it's the people that stop and the people that give up that, you know, become frustrated and ultimately aren't happy because they weren't able to make their dreams come true. That's awesome. So I want to change gears a little bit from your story to what I like to call the hustle round where we're going to play this word game. I'm going to throw a word at you and whatever first word comes to mind, that's the one you're going to say out loud. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's do it. Hustle. <laughs> Overrated. Employee. <laughs> Mindset. Boss. Uh, <laughs> frustrating. College. Uh, necessary, but evil fear, uh, false evidence appearing real weaknesses. Everybody's got them strengths. <laughs> what you want to take advantage of motivation, essential books, uh, <laughs> read them. And last but not least, Tom Sylvester. Hopefully inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. You did really well there. So good, good. To, to, to everybody that is listening, all the hustlers that are that are either watching this on YouTube or listening in our podcast experience, I want to leave them with some some words from you, some something that will help them to keep hustling, to keep pushing, because maybe they're at their nine to five, but they're building a side hustle, or maybe they're already the business is already going, but they're not at the point where they want to be. What will you say to them to to keep go, to keep going, to keep moving forward? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I would tell people is, you know, really get clear on what you want to achieve. And then I think you mentioned it earlier, reverse engineer that and get clear on, you know, the critical things that you need to do. Because, you know, so the reason I said hustle is overrated, hustling is important, like we all got to do it, and you got to put your time in. But what a lot of people end up doing is they end up hustling too much because they're trying to work on everything instead of really honing in on these are the core things that are going to move my business forward. So, you know, for people out there, when you see people like me and you see other successful people, you know, don't get discouraged, like use us as motivation and realize that we had to go through the ups and downs, but our success is very different than your success. So don't, you know, compare what you're doing to what I'm doing or what anybody else is doing. Really look at what do you want to achieve and then figure out what that path is and just focus on that path and make adjustments along the way. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And and I just want to give you, you know, a few a few seconds and an opportunity for people to connect with you. If they want, you know, help, they want a mentor, they're looking for that motivation or somebody to get their, you know, their back. How can they connect with you? How can they find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, probably the best place is our website, tomandariana.com. 
And there you'll find we have a variety of programs. So we actually just introduced um, a very low cost mentorship program called Lifestyle Builders. And it's, uh, it's only $50 a month. We basically wanted to keep it very low cost so that people wouldn't have to spend $7,500 to get started. Um, and then we also have more advanced programs. So I work with people one-on-one to really get their business going and scaled. And then um, probably the final place is we also launched a Facebook group called Family Entrepreneur Life. And essentially that was for entrepreneurs with families because, you know, when like before we had kids and before we were married, our life and what it looked like to be entrepreneurs was vastly different than now when we've got two young kids and, you know, really a lot of responsibilities. So um, people can check that out at familyentrepreneurlife.com. That's awesome. And I'll make sure that I link everything at the hustleshow.co slash THS46 so that everybody that is listening, you'll be a click away connecting with Tom and and getting, you know, getting that mentorship that sometimes when you're starting out, not only is hard to afford, but at the same time, it's hard to find that one mentor that is going to help you. So I really appreciate what you're doing and, and helping as many people as you can, different different levels of, of wherever they are. But um, again, you know, thank you so very much for being here today, sharing your story, being very honest and transparent, because that's how we roll here. We talk about the hustle. We talk about the behind the scenes. So I really appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but success. All right. Thank you. Very, very glad to be on here. And I love what you're doing. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Hustle Show audio experience. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And even if you didn't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. It's still free. Visit thehustleshow.co for all the show notes and to watch the video experience of this episode. We'll see you soon.